This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. And that pill, that prescription medication that the doctor gave us was going to be the pill that would fix our family. And at first things were great. He was calming down slightly. He was able to play with his baby brother without whacking him across the face. But then the dosage increased and the side effects became worse and worse. And he stopped to prescribed another prescription to counteract the side effects of the first one. And this continued until my son, who was now five, was on three very strong medications. And when the doctor suggested the fourth one to counteract some new side effects, I just couldn't do it anymore. And you know, I knew that there had to be a better way. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by the delightful and not quite well today, Bray Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? I'll give you a, I'll give you a ha. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to share it all with you guys today. Yeah, because COVID got you. COVID got you. Uh. Yeah, yeah. It's not as bad as it was last time, but it's still bad enough that it's like, eh, I am am definitely not there. The benefit of our job, we get to work from home. So I didn't have Mm -hmm. to worry about infecting anybody else. Honestly, I just have to roll out of bed. Pretty much it. Today, I put on makeup for the first time in like four days. So like (laughs) that was a positive. But the hardest part is the talking because it's still it. That's the one thing in our job we have to have is a voice. We have to talk. Yeah, we have to and talk and have the energy too. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. We don't have the voice. It's hard. But you showed up for this interview, Brie. Of course, like, you were here and you did it. And what we're talking about today is ADHD and how to manage it naturally. And this interview, it is one of our Happy Mom Summit speakers. Her name is Donna Kay. Uh, she is the board certified holistic health and nutrition practitioner. She's a 
two-time international best-selling author and the CEO and founder of the ADHD Thrive Institute, which helps families find freedom from ADHD symptoms so that children with ADHD can thrive at home, at school, and in life. And we really get practical and nitty-gritty with Donna. She will have a specific example for you on how you can really start experimenting and changing your kids' food to see if it affects uh, their ADHD symptoms. So now, on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Donna, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited because you and I, we've already done a kind of an interview together and two interviews together. Two interviews. Your podcast. Yes. And the Happy Mom Summit. Yes. So this is like old hat. Old hat yeah, for us. We're old friends. We're old friends. <laughs> and I know that people listening right now can probably hear the accent in your voice. So tell us what, like, where you're from and what you do. Well, I am from sunny Seattle, no, I'm joking. I live in sunny Seattle. <laughs> we were just saying it was raining. Rainy Seattle, but originally from Australia. I have been in the US for about nine years now. Uh, I don't think I'm ever, ever going to lose the accent. Have you found it's changed at all since you lived here? No, it's, it's interesting. I roll my R's now mm. on some words. So my son's name is, I've got two boys, Asher and Oliver. But you spell them A-S-H-E-R-O-L-I-V-E-R. And so I remember when they were younger and I was at the playground and I would have to say Asher, Oliver, because especially with Asher's name, everyone would think I was saying like Usher, like the singer. Oh, my gosh, you're so ashamed after that. (laughs) Oh no, <laughs> it's Usher. You're like, not quite. <laughs> no, definitely not like the singer. But so I find I do roll my R's so people can understand me. Interesting. Yeah. I asked because I used to, I dated an Australian when I was 18 years old. I met him at, we were camp counselors back East and I could understand him while he was here, but then he went back to Australia. And when I was on the phone with him, like a few months later, I couldn't understand him anymore because his accent had gotten so much thicker. Not completely not understand. It was just harder. Yeah. Like it was a thicker accent. And that's what happens when I go back to Australia to visit my family. I do mm-hmm. fall back into much more of a stronger Aussie accent uh, mm-hmm. than I would do if I was here. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I love the Aussie accent. And I was also told about the American accent, which us Americans were like, we don't have an accent. It's like the absence of an accent. But really, there is you one, as you a- saw with Asher. And Yes, <laughs> exactly. There's definitely an accent. I'm the one that doesn't have the accent. You are uh- the ones that have the accent. <laughs> it's how it is. It's how it is. <laughs> well, you're the founder of the ADHD Thrive Institute. And this is so fascinating to me because I'm diagnosed ADHD. I have my whole family's diagnosed ADHD. And by family, I mean like my father and my sister. And ADHD plagues a lot of the no guilt mom family. And I don't want to say plagues because there are really a lot of superpowers with it. But tell us your story and about why you are a proponent of what you are when it comes to ADHD. 
Yeah, look, uh, believe it or not, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud, I was actually an accountant in a past life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I look at myself now and I'm like, how could have I ever thought that was a good career for me? <laughs> uh, so, but I, I thought that I'd always continue to be in that space. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my son's health started to get worse and I always had this gut instinct that there was something a little bit different about him my best friend in Australia is a doctor and I'd always say oh do you think he's got autism do you think he's got ADHD and she's like don't be ridiculous you know he's just a a boy and that's what our pediatrician said to us oh he's just a boy he's got lots of energy oh he's just a boy the teacher would say oh he's just a boy don't worry He's got lots of energy, but I I had this Mm. gut instinct that there was something a little bit else going on. And he'd have these meltdowns and these tantrums on a daily basis. You know, our whole Mm. life would be put on hold when that was happening. We would miss events because he was having these mammoth meltdowns. And that's okay when you're two, terrible twos. But then when you get to the threes and then you get to the fours and they're happening on a daily basis. They're lasting for an hour and a half. You know, yeah, that's a lot. That's not normal. It's a lot. And so, uh, you know, when that started to become apparent in the school environment and the teachers started to notice it, that's when the doctors started to pay attention and Mm -hmm. he was diagnosed with ADHD. He was actually diagnosed quite young. He was diagnosed at the age of four. And he was immediately put on medication. And I say this a lot, but at first I do remember feeling this sense of relief. I wasn't a bad mom. I'm not crazy. It wasn't my fault. Yes, I'm not crazy. And that pill, that prescription medication that the doctor gave us was going to be the pill that would fix our family. All the help. Exactly, in the whole world. And at first things were great. He was calming down slightly his meltdown slightly reduced he was able to play with his baby brother without whacking him across the face and but then the dosage increased and the side effects became worse and worse and his doctor prescribed another prescription to counteract the side effects of the first one and this continued until uh, my son who was now five was on three very strong uh, medications and when the doctor suggested the fourth one to counteract some new side effects that popped up you know he wasn't able to sleep he was losing weight he was having terrible anxiety which is not like him at all Uh, I just couldn't do it anymore and you know I knew that there had to be a better way and that's when my career path completely changed I went back to school I did my holistic health science degree multiple specific certifications in this area and I really learned how food can affect so many aspects of our life I learned that the gut-brain connection was such a big component of ADHD. I learned that ADHD symptoms can be reduced naturally and that medication wasn't the only way. Now today mm-hmm. my son, he's 14. He is thriving. He hasn't been on meds for years. He is a straight A student, but honestly, that does not bother me one bit. If he was a C student, I would not care. The most important thing is he's happy and mm-hmm. my family is happy and we have a normal life. You know, we have peace. We have that calm as much as a family with two boys can have calm, but we have normal (laughs) level of calm and normal level of peace. And, you know, we're just happy. And, And once I learned 
you know, about that importance of food and these natural approaches on behavior and the brain. And once I saw the changes that these strategies had on my own family, I honestly couldn't keep this information to myself. I I really didn't want anyone else have to go through those struggles that my family went through. And and over the years, I've been lucky enough to help over a thousand other families get to that same place as me, but just a little bit quicker. (laughs) That's really cool. And we have a lot of food questions because I know there's a lot of confusion kind of around ADHD and a lot of things that you see online. You're like, don't Mm -hmm. eat red dye number, you know, you know, those kind of articles. And we're going to get into the specifics right after this. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool aunt that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey, all it is Joanne and Brie here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. So talking about the specifics of food and ADHD, first of all, I want to ask you, Donna, those things we see online about don't eat this for ADHD or this is the cause of all of your kids' behaviors, is there much stock in that or do you feel like those are just for the the clickbait? I do think that there's thought into it, but I want to say that diet's not the only thing that we need to approach, you know, reducing ADHD symptoms naturally. And I want to do a bit of an analogy if I can. It's a bit of a funny analogy. And I don't know if uh, 
Is this podcast just audio or it's video as well? Okay, fabulous. Well, I will try to use this analogy in a way that can be heard and seen. Yes. And also, everybody who sees this analogy, go to the No Guilt Mom YouTube channel and we, we have it posted there. There you go. The so, uh, you know, there is obviously evidence that you can be genetically predisposed to ADHD. As Joanne, you have said, your family is your sister and yourself are. Uh, and my you know, father, yeah. And your father mm-hmm. affected by ADHD. However, it doesn't mean that it is your destiny to struggle with these symptoms. Um, It doesn't mean that these symptoms can't be reduced or removed altogether in some cases. So, you know, when I I think about contributors and based on my experience, I like to use this analogy and I'm holding up a a little trash can. It probably shouldn't be the recycled one, so let's ignore the recycle thing here. And I like to... I say that we're all sort of born with this internal metaphorical trash can in our bodies. And really the goal through life is to keep that trash can as empty as possible. You know, we want to keep the toxic load in our body low. However, we're not all born with an empty trash can. And my son, for example, he was induced with medication because he wasn't growing. He came out, was given medication to boost up his lungs. He was put on a CPAP machine. And so his trash can had a little bit of stuff in it already. And now Our trash can keeps filling up over time with these inflammatory substances, and one of those is diet, poor diet. One of those are toxins from whatever we're exposed to. One of them might be bacteria or or parasites that when we're swimming in a lake that we've picked up. One of them might be medication, and that all contributes to an overflowing trash can. Now, our body's designed to work to keep emptying that trash can. So like if you take the picture of let's put our trash can out to the side of the road on a Monday so the garbage truck can pick it up, but some of us are born with genetics where we can't as easily empty our trash can. And when it gets too full, meaning that our detoxification pathways in our bodies aren't working well, our trash can overflows and that's when symptoms get exacerbated. That's when inflammation gets spread into our body and symptoms start to show up and symptoms start to get quite strong where you are struggling. You know, that's what's happening with a lot of our kids with ADHD. Their trash can is full. It's overflowing in their body. It's filled with inflammation and we need to reduce that. And so, yes, diet Bad diet, poor diet does fill that trash can up, but it's not the only thing that fills that trash can up. So when you see red 40, it's real. You know, there are a lot of studies out there that show red 40 exacerbates hyperactivity and impulsivity in -hmm. kids with ADHD and in kids Mm -hmm. without ADHD. Actually, UK and Australia have warning labels on their products that says, this contains something that can induce hyperactivity in children. They're required to have mm-hmm. that warning label. They do have that. And f- from what I heard from the warning labels, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, like the UK and other countries outside of America, they have a policy where if something could happen as a result of ingesting it, they will warn about it. Whereas America has the policy where if something has been scientifically shown with reasonable evidence, that's when they'll warn about it instead. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, think that, I think that gets confused because I think it's like, oh, America is so down on it. And I'm like, well, it's just like different reasons they put it on there. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You have to prove to the FDA that mm-hmm. – a food will cause issues 
before they'll remove it out or they'll put a warning label. Whereas you have to prove to, say, the UK government that Mm. a food is safe for you, which is probably the right way to go. Does that mean that we can all drink, you know, bleach? Uh, Because no one has actually proven to the FDA that it actually causes issues in food. It's sort of like it's Mm -hmm. it seems backwards to me. I mean, I think it's for like a chemical standpoint, if we're looking at like the red 40 where you're trying to prove that it's safe, we all know that like large amounts of red 40, not a good idea, not a good idea to give to anybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like large amounts of say something that's completely okay, like say it's Brie is sick right now, Dayquil. Brie cannot have bottles and bottles of Dayquil. I can't just chug it? You can't just chug it. Can't just chug it. Whereas it would be hard to prove it because you can't give that amount. I just think there's a lot of fear when it comes to this. And I don't want people to go at it with a fear approach, but rather just, you know, an informed approach and saying, hey, like these are the things to test and try in your own life and with your own kids. And if this makes it an effect totally do that experimentation see how it works and you've done that experimentation with your son and it worked really well for him a hundred percent and you know I will say with families like the things that we talk about just want to say Rome wasn't built in a day you Mm -hmm. don't need to do every single thing in a day a hundred percent that's what I did I ended up with multiple panic attacks lying on the floor in my bedroom and not being able to handle it so that's definitely not what I teach it's like that small slow steps and just as your podcast name is no guilt no guilt mum there's no guilt at all for me if your child is on medication that is okay There is a time and place for medication and I'm not against it at all. Yeah, it all depends what works for people. But what I'm really interested in is like the general day-to-day food that your son eats. What was really the thing? What did his diet look like before you tried this diet approach to ADHD and what does it look like now? Yeah, look, I thought that we ate a pretty healthy diet, but there were foods that were exacerbating his symptoms and I didn't know it. And you don't know it until you take them out and you test it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we, in Australia, obviously back then we, I lived in Australia and we eat a lot of meat, veggies, pasta, all of that sort of stuff. But now it's, it's really more whole foods. We've reduced mm-hmm. the amount of packaged foods that we eat and we're really focusing on real food. Really at the end of the day, it's real food. You know, our pasta is not made with wheat and it it really is the same. We have tacos every Tuesday, okay? Monday, I I make the same food. I make sausages, oven fries, cucumber, and carrots, and so, you know, I am not a gourmet chef. I will be the first one to say that I don't like cooking, okay? Yeah. And I don't like to be in the kitchen. My sister, on the other hand, is the opposite. I don't like cooking. Well, I do like cooking, but I like the creativity component of cooking. And I don't like it if I have to do it every single day. Like then that that becomes something different. That is an expectation. Yes. (laughs) That is not joyous, creative, yummy cooking, which, by the way, the... It also is hard for moms when you spend all this time cooking and then your kids are like, mm, no, no, I won't have that. I'll eat oh something my gosh. Just look at yes. it. Just look yes. at it and go, yes. nope, I don't think so. Well, no, I, I, I am one to say in my house, sorry, that's what we're having. You've yeah. got to eat it. If you don't want it, that's your choice, but kitchen's closed. <laughs> yeah. I will not be a short order cook. I made that no. very clear in my house. I don't like cooking and it's like, you know, if you have if you have a sta- if you have taco Tuesday every Tuesday, you just adjust the tacos to be a little bit different and that becomes your new normal. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're 
Yes, at first it's overwhelming, um, but that's why I say Rome wasn't built in a day. So you make these small changes. Let's start with one dinner at a time. Let's not try to like overhaul our whole diet in mm-hmm. day one. Let's just start with one dinner at a time. Let's. Okay, start I want to take. A, I want to take apart those tacos, Donna, and we're going to do it right after this break. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Okay, let's talk about the tacos because I think that's something that we can make really concrete for people. So when you say like there's some little changes to tacos, like what do you do to the tacos? Yeah, definitely. So corn is one of those things that is highly genetically modified. And I'm not going to go into what GMOs are, but you've probably heard the non-GMO organic Mm -hmm. sort of side of things. And so 95% of corn crops are actually genetically modified and sprayed with pesticides. And so, you know, pesticides do contribute to the the load in the Mm -hmm. trash can. So we want to minimize them as much as possible. I'm not saying eat organic for everything. We have a a guide. Every family is different. Every family has a different budget. Not everyone can afford whole organic. And so we pick and choose what we what we focus on. Corn is one of those ones that it's like focus on organic if you're going to eat corn. So we buy organic hard shell corn tacos. First change. Pretty easy. easy. Yeah. 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 Super easy. Okay. When you brown your meat and -hmm. you sprinkle in the taco seasoning, I just buy a different brand rather Mm -hmm. than the old El Paso or whatever the brand is, because if you have a Kroger store brand... There's a pack in my pantry right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can just swap out the brand. If you actually look at the ingredients on the back, if you don't recognize what some of those ingredients are, just put it back on the shelf and get one where you do. The fewer ingredients 
in something is better and ones that you can actually pronounce. And so I yeah. just buy a different brand of taco seasoning. Again, mm-hmm. not hard, just changing mm-hmm. out, swapping it out. We have brown meat taco seasoning. I buy a good salsa that, again, is real food. It's not mm-hmm. something that's got chemicals in it. It's not something that's got artificial flavors in it or artificial colors. It's literally salsa that's made from tomato, onion, garlic. Yeah. I make up some guacamole. We put shredded lettuce. We put cut up tomatoes. I like onions in my tacos. Some people don't. And we Depends don't. Depends if they're put... raw or not. That for me. For me, Donna. I like raw, raw onions in you my like tacos. The raw, you, you like have the raw to make onions. you some pickled onions. Pickled onions are so yummy. Pickled, I I'll eat any raw pickled onion. onions. Oh, yeah. Well, in a pico de gallo, you can put some lime juice, and that's like a cooking well, in Mexican. There style. you go. Yeah. And you can do pico de gallo if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Just look at what you put in your tacos. And just maybe buy a little bit of a different seasoning or buy a little bit of mm. the different shells. And we don't use uh, cheese on our tacos. And so that will, would probably be the biggest change for families. There is dairy-free cheese out there. I don't love it. Um, a lot of it's not that healthy because it's got a lot of additives in it as well. There are better for you brands that don't have those additives, but I don't love it. It's not the same. So I just do it without. That's it. So what I'm hearing is real food that is not processed. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty easy change to make. I mean, all those things you mentioned are pretty easy. The like pushback I hear from people is the expense. But it's also like you have to think with the expense. What are you trading it for? Yeah. Are you trading it for health or are you trading it for like long-term wellness? And then – putting the money up front actually prevents a lot of the expense in the back end. A hundred percent. I would love for this to change one day. I would love to see healthy food be the same Mm. price or even cheaper than processed CRAP. That's a tangent for another day. But again, it is about that mindset change. You know, you have to look at it, even though these cheaper bad food choices may seem like they're easier and better for the budget today. They actually cost us more in the long run in the forms of tantrums meltdowns, unable to focus at school, those sort of things. So when I had that mindset shift, it helped me a lot because I would much rather have a slightly higher grocery bill today and a happier, healthier, peaceful family than a lower grocery bill, that constant tantrums of a child whose body's racked with inflammation. Yeah. It's really funny with American grocery stores because I didn't realize how different it was from other countries until I went to Berlin and I was in this big shopping mall called the KDV. And on the fourth floor, they have the American aisle. On the American aisle, it was like compared to the rest of the food in there, you looked at it, you're like, this is complete crap. It's all the jarred stuff. It's all the processed stuff. It's usually all the stuff you find right in the middle of the grocery store. But you could see the difference in quality based in the American aisle and Mm -hmm. all the other aisles, which like looked so fresh and so good and so delicious. So you use ketchup as an example. Ketchup with the same brand in the U.S., has different ingredients Mm -hmm. of that in the same brand in the UK and Australia. Yeah, well, we have the thing with Coke because, you know, here in Arizona, we're very close to Mexico. And so some places stock Mexican Coke. And it's always better because Mexican Coke has sugar and American Coke has corn syrup. (laughs) And Mm. like you can taste the difference in it. Now, the sugars isn't a great example for eating healthy, but it just shows like different countries totally use different ingredients. Well, this has been such a great conversation, Donna. And what are you excited about that's coming up for you? I am excited about the upcoming summit. Ah, the Happy Mom Summit. It is a good time. It's a good time. 
It really yeah. is. No, I'm yeah. very excited about that and all of the experts sharing their knowledge and their experience. Yeah, and it's great because you'll get to meet all of our participants when you're doing your live Q&A in yes. there. So if you want to come and meet Donna and ask Donna your questions, we have a link to that Happy Mom Summit right below for a free ticket. And you could actually get Donna's interview now if you get the VIP pass. So (laughs) you should get that when you register. But Donna, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing all this. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I was just listening to Rhythm Nation 2 at your house. (laughs) That was my five, four, when Janet Jackson counts it in. You go to Rhythm Nation. (laughs) We are a part of a Rhythm Nation. (laughs) I love that album. I love it so much. (laughs) I haven't listened to it since eighth grade. And I was over at Bree's house on Friday, and she's like, pick a record. And I'm going through Miguel's record, and I saw that, and I'm like, oh, this is it. And I was like, he'll be so happy. He'll be so happy. Yeah, He loves that album. I love it too. It's one of those albums I loved and I forgot existed. You know, it brought me so much joy. And I just- Brings you back to your childhood, right? Yeah, it gets wiped out. Mm -hmm. Well, this this discussion with Donna was interesting, the managing ADHD. I get a little fiery when it comes to holistic health practices and like natural practices, because I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there that people tend to like take as fact. Not Donna. Donna is very well informed and really engaged, but like- Things like I mentioned in the interview, how the UK judges food ingredients differently than the US does. And I think it's important to note because it's all in the nuance. Like we have a society today, Brie, that does not take nuance well. No, it's an all no. or nothing <laughs> society, man. Yes. And, it's a, and it's a magic pill as well. Not only is it all or nothing, it's yeah. whatever this new idea is, it's going to make everything better. It's going to solve it all. And like you just said, it's all about taking a piece here, taking a piece there. Like Donna said, there is a time and a place for medication. It is still a very valid practice. But at the same mm-hmm. time, there are little things that you can do to change and have better results as well that are just that simple as changing up your taco night. I love that. And all the things that she said were like totally doable. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could totally do that. Yeah, no, they're totally simple. I've seen like the other extreme where people like go totally natural, but they don't go totally natural in a logical way where it's like, oh, this is bad for you and this is bad for you. And then it comes with all of these foods they're avoiding and they're not living a life they're happy with anymore. Do you know what I mean? They're they're, they're like structured. And it's the only thing I can equate it to is when I was really sick and it was before I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis mm-hmm. and I, I was refusing to go to the GI because I did not want a colonoscopy and I did not want anyone near my butt. That's that's the reason. Like the I don't reason. blame you. It's an exit only area. I feel the same way. <laughs> but it was also one of those things that was like really impacting my life. I would have horrible stomach pains. I would be like running to the toilet and it was all like, oh, I have a gluten sensitivity. Oh, I shouldn't be eating these foods. And I would try one thing after another and you would think in your mind, yes, that works. That works. And then it doesn't work anymore. Where in reality, if I had just gone to the doctor and gotten a full checkup and submitted to the colonoscopy, I would have had my pain taken away a lot sooner. 
And so like I see other people in my life right now living that way where they're refusing to do traditional medicine and they're only doing this, the natural route, but they're not well researched on the natural route. And so that is why I push back. I push back hard against it because I want people to do what's best for them, but I don't want you to stay in pain if something's not working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. So that's my own personal thing on that. <laughs> but you can catch more of Donna in the Happy Mom Summit. Uh, it is going March 4th to the 8th. We have that registration link down below. It is a free event. But as always, we highly recommend that VIP pass. You can get all the sessions now. You could submit all of your questions to the speakers and you get a workbook, which like people say the workbook is the best part, Free. I know we get that every single year. Like the favorite thing about the VIP pass is that workbook. <laughs> it's immensely helpful. It's awesome. It walks you through every single presentation, hits every single major point that every speaker wants you to know. And mm -hmm. you've got it all in one organized spot. So that's what yeah. makes it amazing. I personally, though, really love the searchable transcripts as well and the private podcast feed that comes along with it. Those are phenomenal. And did we mention we have over 30 speakers at this event? Yeah. So the amount of it's information, it's phenomenal. And it's a party, guys. It is <laughs> such a party. If you've not been to one of our summits, oh my gosh, it's a party. We are in Mighty Networks. We are having fun. We are dancing. And you'll meet so many cool new people there. Come on over. But until next time, remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.